looking for the officials. Signal none yet, and there it is. Touchdown, Bulls. Two and a half to go before halftime. This has been a doozy of an opening half for Raymond James Stadium. Brian Batty has already taken one back for a touchdown tonight, and he does it again. Bulls back in front. Welcome back to another edition of the Fletcher and Fowler podcast here on this Wednesday as I record Wednesday night. It is officially game week. Welcome to the 2022 USF football season. I'm your host, Will Turner, here on the Fletcher and Fowler podcast as I take you through this one. Uh, Again, happy game week. College football is officially back with a full slate of week, week zero games in the books. Week one is just around the corner as USF gets set to take on the number 25 BYU Cougars on Saturday, September 3rd at 4 p.m. at Raymond James Stadium. The Bulls will be back at home for their opener for the first time since 2020, and they'll look to win their first season opener since 2020. They'll look to uh, win their first season opener um, against an FBS opponent in quite some time as well as the Bulls will welcome a, a team with plenty of expectations um, in their own right in a very talented BYU team uh, coached by Kalani Sataki in his seventh year. This will be the third game in four seasons between the Bulls and Cougars, each splitting one game apiece. USF won uh, the first game of this uh series 27 to 23 back in 2019 um, in Tampa uh, two seasons later in 2021 last year at the end of non-conference play BYU got the Bulls back 35 to 27 at Lavelle Edwards Stadium in Provo Utah the Bulls are 16 and 2 in home openers they're 19 and 6 overall in the 25 years of season openers their last loss came of course to nc state last year 45 to nothing at carter finley stadium in raleigh north carolina bulls and cougars uh, two very um sought after programs in terms of conference realignment obviously usf was uh, not selected for conference realignment but is in Uh, Plenty of conversations with pundits around the country of being in that next wave of programs to go to a uh, Power 5 conference. BYU, of course, selected to go to the Big 12 along with the three American Athletic Conference uh, counterparts in Cincinnati, Houston, and UCF. Bulls will be one of the only teams in the entire country to play all four teams, I believe, Um, Unless East Carolina, I know they play UCF and I know they play Cincinnati, unless ECU plays Houston as well, which I don't think they do, uh, USF would be the only team in the country to play all four of those teams heading to the Big 12 conference. Obviously, BYU being their non-conference opponent, the Bulls will face off against Cincinnati on October 8th, uh, Houston on October 29th, and UCF on either November 25th or 26th, depending upon the scheduling model of the American Athletic Conference. If this is your first time listening to the Fletcher and Fowler podcast and you are tuning in for the first time of the 2022 season, welcome. Again, I'm your host, Will Turner. Um, 
sometimes I have a co-host every now and again. Sometimes I'll have a guest. Uh, it just kind of depends on what the schedule brings. But um, if you are listening in your megaphone.fm uh, browser embed via the 247sports.com website, we do encourage you to check out us on the four major podcast distributors between Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. We are on all four of those. Make sure to subscribe so you never miss another episode of the podcast as we get this preview series underway um, heading into the season. Um, and make sure if you like the content you hear today to give us a five-star rating or some positive feedback if you're on Apple Podcasts. We greatly appreciate that. We've gotten a ton of positive feedback already. Um, I appreciate everyone that, that reached out. I had at least half a dozen folks reach out to me or come up to me at the at the Bulls block party uh, a few weekends ago in Ybor City saying how much they like the podcast. So um, that is greatly, greatly appreciated. Um, super thankful for that. Um, super thankful for the uh, amount of downloads we got on the last episode between Gary uh, the, the Gary Bohannon winning the, the starting quarterback episode. So we appreciate that greatly. Um, so let's go ahead and, and, and go to our interview portion of the podcast um, as that's kind of back in order here with this preview series here. I uh, bring back a, a special guest, um, one of my favorite people on the 24-7 Sports Network, as, as those uh, see that follow me on Twitter know. Uh, my good friend and colleague Jeff Hansen of CougarSportsInsider.com will join the program here in just a few minutes. Uh, Jeff is one of... Uh, the most knowledgeable folks that uh, follows BYU, follows BYU recruiting. Uh, he's been doing it for a long time. Um, you know, he uh, if you remember last year's episode, the, he was the first guest to come on the podcast, and he's also the first recurring guest to come on the podcast, so that's super cool. Um, he was the founder of the Wyanon movement, if you all remember that from uh, the 2020. You may have seen it on Twitter, and uh, Jeff Hansen is is one of the best uh, TikTokers I've ever seen in my life, um, and for someone that doesn't have TikTok, I, I like to think that's a high compliment. So um, we bring Jeff on, and he dives into BYU USF, talks a little bit about Gary Bohannon and the game last year that he played against you, uh, excuse me, uh, with Baylor against the BYU Cougars, as well as he dives into uh, a few of the positions that BYU has. We talked a little bit about their quarterback in Jaron Hall, their running back transfer, Chris Brooks, as well as some um, other topics of discussion surrounding the Cougars. So without further ado, let's bring on Jeff Hansen from CougarSportsInsider.com. Welcome back to the Fletcher Fowler podcast here as we kick off our preview series with one of the most special guests you could find on the 24-7 Sports Network as we welcome back to the podcast the incomparable Jeff Hansen of Cougar Sports Insider, who, fun fact, was the first guest of the podcast and is now the first recurring guest of the podcast. Ooh. So welcome back. I always forget Fletcher and Fowler. That's like the intersecting streets. Is that what it is? Something like uh, that? Fletcher to the north, Fowler to the south. That's such a cool name. I, I appreciate know, cool, that. Well done on the name. I appreciate that. I draw some inspiration from. Uh, there's a Houston podcast, the 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 home uh, Scott and Holmgren. I or gosh, it's gonna evade me. There, there's a Houston podcast where the name of the podcast is the is the street, 
uh, yeah. is the intersection. I think it's Scott Holmgren, if I can. It sounds yeah, that sounds right to me. That's cool. But yeah, so we Scott and Holman, excuse okay. me, not Holmgren. So, um, you know, so so yeah, it's a good time. It's a good time. But welcome back to the pod. It's been less than three hundred sixty-five days. As That's true. Probably about eleven months, I guess. Just about because that was what late September. We were suiting it up uh, last year in Provo. Yeah, I think so. I think it was the last weekend in September. Yep, yep, yep. On a uh, beautiful night at Lavelle yep. Edwards Stadium. That was a fun yep. night. That was a fun yep. night. Um, well, welcome back, Mr. Hansen. How is the how's the house going? How's the house going? I remember house you were is, building. Yeah, so we're in and uh, it's good. So we. I mean, I, your listeners don't care about my life, but I don't give a damn. They're <laughs> going to hear about it. Uh, we have a dog, right? So my dog was supposed to be like 35 to 40 pounds. She's okay. 75, so she's enormous. And we moved into this house, and it's a brand new house, right? So there was no grass or anything. Like There was just this lot of mud. And it was like, we're going into winter. I can't just have mud because this dog will just be a nightmare. Right. So we learned that you can lay sod in the fall. And we were like, oh, perfect. This will be great. We'll lay sod. It's not a ton. It'll be great. And then it kind of just sits there in the winter. It dies like everybody else's lawn does. And then it'll root in the spring and all will be well. This damn dog will all winter long. We didn't get a ton of snow here, which was abnormal. And so this dog just had free reign to these strips of sod that weren't rooted into the the ground. So this dog... (laughs) would just pick up these strips of grass that are like, I don't know how long they are, like six feet, eight feet long, and just like wield them around like a sword. So the house is great, but my yard looks like a dog just went <laughs> nuts all winter long. And so other than that, no complaints. But That's funny. That's funny. See, I, I, I'm sure the listeners will get a kick out of that just simply because we don't have to deal with any of that. We don't have to worry about laid side. Right. Don't have to worry about snow. We don't have to worry. The only time it gets muddy is is during is during the 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 summer when it gets muddy. And um, you guys, you guys lead a different life than us. That's for sure. Uh, in many different ways. In many different <laughs> <Yeah>. ways. Many <laughs> yeah. different ways. But there is one thing that we can all agree on is that we love some football, and I think that that this little uh, BYU USF rivalry, as we could call it, a nice little friendly rivalry. Mm-hmm. um i'm sad it's coming to it coming to a close I am man too. It, it's been fun and it was supposed to continue for what i think there was another one or two games on there's the one on the schedule because we were supposed to go out there last or next year but it's been moved to october 17th 2026 oh okay but they kept it on the schedule they didn't kept it on the schedule right. yeah well, yep. nice. which i know is is refreshing for y'all considering i'm sure BYU is canceling just about anything and everything yeah just about everything I just assumed every game was canceled and then I'm surprised when they're not so yeah so yeah that's great they canceled uh Utah State I would much rather play USF than Utah State so well you you know you could have you could have came to Tampa but uh dude I could have (laughs) I have so I do the football stuff just on the side right? right like I'm a real live banker, like everybody's dream job. I hear little kids all the time talk about when they kind of grow up, they want to be a banker and I'm just living the dream. And uh, yeah, so that takes up a lot of, a lot of time that I wish it didn't. Yeah. It's, it's interesting on our network, how 
you know, a lot of folks are, some folks are, are full-time, some folks are, are full-time like myself, but get paid part-time. Some, right. some folks are strictly <laughs> part-time and, um, it's always fun to get the different, the, the, the different backgrounds and, and, and you guys aren't even credentialed, which is the wild part to me, so but that's a whole nother issue for a whole nother, a whole nother day. Yeah. Um, so let's get into this. Uh, USF welcomes in uh, the number twenty fifth uh, BYU Cougars. Let's let's start with the ranking. Were you were you surprised it, it sat at twenty five? Were you expecting something higher? Not even ranked in the coaches poll to start. Uh, and that's about right where I thought BYU would be. Um, I think they could be higher, but like, I mean, you guys know how it is, right? Like, we're not the respected ten or twelve programs in the world, so like, we don't get that. Notre Dame benefit of the doubt every year, like, you know, like some of those schools do. So, so BYU, it's interesting, you know, cause they finished, I think they finished 19, 18, 19 or something last year. Uh, they return everybody, like almost everybody. Just like USF. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's, I think USF's like number two or three in returning production and BYU's one or two. And just yeah. like every metric you look at And so I feel like BYU should probably be ranked a little bit higher, but because you're not one of those 10 or 12 schools, it's like you get these media guys that are like, oh, well, BYU is going to be good, but their schedule's tougher. So at the end of the year, they'll be ranked lower. And it's like, well, that's fine. I, I, I get that. That's sound logic, but apply that logic to your entire rankings, right? Because right. if that's the case, there's no way that like Texas is 18 in one of the polls. I can't remember. Coach's poll, I think. It's like, yeah. what has Texas done to make anybody feel like they're going to be ranked at the end of the year. Right. 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 So ultimately I think it's about where BYU should be. Um, it's a tough schedule this year. I do think BYU is a good team. I think they will be a better team than they were a year ago, okay. but I think that their record will probably be worse just because of that schedule. Yeah. The schedule is no joke uh, at USF uh, Baylor at home at Oregon uh is wyoming worth anything these days since no, Josh Allen wyoming, left? yeah wyoming could have been really good they lost like god like 20 guys to the portal and like good dudes they lost a couple guys to the nfl which was weird and then uh like isaiah nair the big time receiver that went yeah, to texas yeah. he was at wyoming they could have had a really good football team but now they're yeah. not they're bad they're very bad so BYU welcomes Wyoming, then the, the old wagon wheel game against Utah State, where we all turn into BYU fans. Uh, <laughs> Vegas against Notre Dame. Uh, Arkansas comes to Lavelle Edwards Stadium. East Carolina, or you got you go to Liberty. Uh, East Carolina is a team that USF fans know well, and USF fans should, should have a little bit of respect for after they beat the Bulls twice in a row. At mm -hmm. Boise State. Uh, an FCS contest and at Stanford's end of the year. I mean, that's that's quite the schedule that that, that Kalani Sataki and his crew have. Yeah, it's um, tough. You know, so you look at that game. I think that you know, like the the nerds who make the betting lines at the beginning of the year, like for the whole year, try to project it out. Like not real sports book, just like the nerds, right? Yeah, yeah. They they kind of project BYU like probably favored in eight or nine of the games. Which it seems about right, uh, but really it comes down to like Baylor and Arkansas at home. Like those are kind of the make or break games, I think, for for BYU. Uh, they're probably going to be favored in those games, but nobody's going to be surprised if BYU loses those games. Right. 
So could you go nine and three? Yeah, but could you go seven and five and it looks a lot less sexy at the end of the year? Absolutely. So yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I think some of those teams are going to be a toss-up. You know, yeah. you wonder if Arkansas is the same team as they were a year ago. Um, you know, you wonder, you know, how East Carolina travels from from East Coast to to the mountains. You wonder how Stanford looks, you wonder how Boise State looks. So there's there's mm-hmm. some wild cards on that schedule without a doubt. Um, I think USF, right? USF. Yeah. I, I would I would rather play Stanford than I would put, rather play USF right now. Like in wow, terms of like statement. just looking for a win. I, I don't I think Stanford's hot garbage. And I think that the <laughs> USF, right? Like USF's got a ton of experience coming back. And Jibo, I'm a fan of Gary. Yeah, Bryan. yeah, people, yeah, yeah. People don't respect him enough, man. That dude can sling it. And uh I think I think USF. I would be surprised if USF isn't in a bowl this year. See, you know, that's kind of where I've been sitting. I've been sitting five and seven, six and six, trying to find that sixth win. I think you bring Gary Bohannon, as listeners know, I've said on this podcast, you bring him in to, to try and maybe elevate your win total one or two. So, so let's talk about Gary Bohannon. Uh, last year's game against, uh, against BYU while he was with Baylor, uh, led the Bears to a 38-24 win. Um, in Waco week seven, he passed for 231 yards, uh, threw a touchdown in that game. Um, also threw, I believe his first interception of the year to that point to, uh, yeah. Peyton Wilgar, the linebacker in the end zone. If I remember correctly, watching the film. Yep. What do you remember about Gary Bohannon in that game? That game was tough for BYU because they got dominated in the trenches. And, and and so Jeff Grimes, uh, the offensive coordinator at Baylor, came yep. from BYU the year before. Okay. And so so BYU is familiar with Jeff Grimes, but Jeff Grimes obviously very familiar with BYU. And he just like totally stymied the BYU defensive line. So Bohannon, Bohannon looked really good, but Bohannon had all day to throw the ball. Like he could have done pretty well whatever he wanted, right? And so it, it's tough to know exactly what Bohannon's going to do at, at, at USF, right? Because uh, that offensive line at Baylor was among the best in the country. Like Jeff Grimes is an absolute offensive line wizard. And then you throw in, like they had a couple of receivers who I think one or two, one of them maybe was an undrafted free agent. I can't remember. A uh, couple of uh, running backs who are absolutely elite. Abram Smith, I think ran for 1600 yards and I can't remember his name, Ebner. Uh, he's, you know, he just made the bears roster and he was the least productive of their running back. So he was surrounded by a ton of talent, yep. but you look at what he did. Like fundamentally, he got, he gets the ball out quick. He makes really fast decisions and he's accurate. And so like that works, like I, I you know, having talent and, and having a good scheme, obviously that's going to help a quarterback but the way that he could get the ball wherever he needed to get the ball and the way that he made quick decisions and was fast behind the line of scrimmage, it didn't really matter that the Baylor dominated the line of scrimmage. BYU wasn't going to get to him anyways. I, that translates, right? Like no matter what offense you're in, like those skills translate. And so I don't know much about, you know, I, I, I watched USF play BYU last year and Timmy McLean just couldn't get, you know, he couldn't get tackled. He was just scrambling all over everybody. Yep. That's not what Bohannon is. 
but Bohannon's going to find the guys that Timmy McLean wasn't finding because it was like his first or second start, if I remember right. Second. Yep, so, second. Yep. Fourth yeah, career so, college game at that point. Yep. Yeah. So totally different, you know, different mindset, I guess, coming in. Like now you got a guy experienced and proven where Timmy McLean was like, you know, fall back and maybe sit on your heels a little bit and see what he's going to do. But I think that, that Jeff Scott, he runs a good offense. So it's not going to be the Jeff Grimes offense. It's very different. But I think that, that Bohannon's skills will translate well. And uh, USF's athletic enough that they're going to, you know, receivers are going to get open. Like, I, yeah. I think I, think I like the piece that you did today about, um, and if you haven't seen it, it's up on both Bulls 24 7. I, I put it in the marquee and Cougar Sports Insider about how USF quarterback Gary Bohannon tra- uh, compares to, to BYU's Jaron Hall. And, and, and you, you alluded to this to this a little bit more on Twitter and, 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 uh, and, you know, I appreciate if you, if you could dive into it a little bit more is just how good Gary was at picking apart blitzes. Yeah, really good. And some of that's the offensive line, but when, when, when teams blitzed Bohannon, I can't remember off the top of my head, but he was, he completed better than 60%. I think it was 63% of his passes. Just about. And, yep. Yeah. And, and so that tells me, right. Like he, he gets rid of the ball. Last year, according to PFF, he got rid of the ball on average about 2.9 seconds per throw, right? You factor in his scrambles where he's holding the ball for longer, and so that, you know, that's going to bring any average time up. You, you, you put it at 2.6, 2.7, like is an average time. He's getting rid of the ball pretty quick. And so you just think about what that means, right? Okay, so he's super accurate when there's a blitz and he gets rid of the ball really fast. That tells me that that dude is really good pre-snap, and he knows where that pressure is coming from, and he throws right into it, Right. Because those are the guys who are going to be open. And so, yeah, the offensive line helps. And, you know, playing behind that elite Baylor offensive line helps those numbers maybe look a little bit better than they would in any other offense. But it's not like it was, hey, they picked up the blitz and he's camped out for five seconds. Like, he was still getting rid of the ball really fast. And so it's going to be fascinating because if if you go back in time to BYU and USF a year ago, the big complaint from BYU fans is that like, Hey, this defense is just sitting back, not doing anything and giving Timmy McLean all the time in the world. Well, okay. Theoretically you, you know, bring more pressure, but that's what Bohannon is proven. He's really good at dissecting. He's really good at defeating that. Right. So I think it's uh, i I'm really curious to see what BYU's defense does because I think that Bohannon's skill set, like who knows how he's going to be over a 12 game season, but his skill set is really difficult for BYU. Like their defense is just not meant to win one-on-one battles in the trenches. They just don't do it. And Bohannon can absolutely pick you apart if you bring pressure, like outside of your defensive line. And uh, if you don't, well, then anybody's going to pick you apart, right? So his his skill set's really, really kind of scary for me as a BYU fan. Yeah, and you mentioned just sitting back in coverage, and that's what that's what USF fans, you know, got a lot of last year were guys playing behind the sticks on third down and not throwing a lot of blitzes. And I think that's what allowed Baylor Romney to have such a good game last year um, because USF, you know, sat back in coverage, but they also couldn't cover anyone, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you, you mentioned um, – you mentioned the, the offensive line and, 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 you know, I, I alluded to this on Twitter as well today, you know, I don't know how big of a drop. I, I know Baylor, Baylor had some elite offensive linemen, but I don't know how much of a drop off it. it, it it's, 
it's a drop off, but it's not a big as big yeah. of a drop off as I think people think it is. Right. When you look at it, the experience of USF's offensive line, and obviously listeners of this podcast know uh, the numbers are the numbers are in. The Bulls bring in 154 career starts into the season. I mean, that's nine more than second place Pittsburgh. Um, by I mean, that's a decent enough margin. That's a lot. I mean, that's a lot. Yep, you've got three guys with 30 plus starts under their belt one with 41 um, and all three and, and two of those guys should at least tie uh, George Selvi and Augie Sanchez for most career starts in USF history at an even 50. Wow. So wow, that is, you know, kind of the offensive line that Gary Bohannon is, is, is going to be behind. So yeah, no scrubs. No, not without a doubt. And same with the running backs. Jaron Mangan rushed for 15 touchdowns last year. BYU fans got to know him in the second half of the game pretty well last mm-hmm. year in Provo. But going back to that defense, um, Travis Trickett called uh, – USF offensive coordinator Travis Trickett today called it one of the most multiple defenses that he's ever gone against. And, you know, I know BYU fans kind of kind of chuckled at that a little bit. Um, there's been times, and I remember the 2019 game, especially this in the second half, was it was a lot of that rush three, drop back eight, and just kind of sit mm-hmm. back and cover uh, that BYU did. Obviously, the Cougars have an elite linebacking core. Even with uh, Chaza Yu out at safety, I mean, they've still got a pretty athletic and pretty good secondary. Just, mm-hmm. you know, what do you what do you make of uh, of the defense uh, right now for, for BYU? Uh, Elias Tuyak talks about this a lot, and, and BYU fans hate it because – I mean, look on TV, it doesn't look very sexy. And and if you're not making tackles, that's what BYU saw a lot of last year against USF, right? Like uh, they, they couldn't tackle anybody. Credit USF, credit McLean, credit the, the, that running back group for breaking tackles. He absolutely deserved that. If you're the defensive coaches, you're looking at it, you're like, guys, you're in the right spot. You're getting where you should just make the play, right? right. Uh, so BYU's got to improve tackling. But schematically, uh, Elias Tuyak talks about this a lot, that he says, look, there's – a lot of ways to create havoc. When people hear the word havoc, you think, hey, you're thinking like, you know, Dom Brown and you're you're going to blitz seven guys, Brett Venables, you're getting into the backfield all the time. Like that's what people think of. But Tuiaki looks at it a little bit differently and you're starting to see this trend a little bit in the NFL, like the Bengals have done it and the, the Rams have done it recently, that it's havoc in the secondary. And, and you just are disguising your coverages a ton. So you have eight guys there. And whether you drop eight, you, you play seven, whatever, right? You, you you have your coverage, but you disguise your coverage pre-snap so that they don't know if you're in zone. They don't know if you're in you know, running quarters, if you're running a true man cover one. And, and that's what BYU does a ton of. Their fronts don't necessarily change, and they're not necessarily bringing a ton of heat on any play. But it's really tough, even with using you know the traditional things like motion and stuff to figure out what coverage set BYU is in. They are kind of weird enough they're starting to run a little bit of like man zone kind of like alabama does certainly not to the alabama levels but like sure. alabama runs a lot of man zone that it and looks they've also like got man. very different personnel than byu has I, absolutely yeah and, and byu started to adopt some of that same idea though of hey if it's going to the left side yeah run with your man in the motion but we know that if it's going to the field side of the if the play goes to the field side then you guys on the boundary you're playing zone field side you got to play you got to play man and it's, it's a lot of thinking for defenders, and so that lends itself to mistakes. But that's a lot of what BYU does, and it it, it is very 
complex. It can be very confusing. It can also be, and, and this is why Bohannon is so scary, because for an experienced quarterback, uh, if he can understand and, and di- you know diagnose that defense quickly, uh, odds are he's gonna have. There's gonna be guys open because BYU's got to have 11 guys on the same page on every play. Right. If you're a quarterback, you just you got to be one. That's you know you're one step ahead of one guy, right? Beat the one corner who's not in the right spot. Uh, I, I go back, you know, in time, BYU played Keaton Slovis when he was you know true freshman at USC, and they played a lot of drop eight. And Keaton Slovis, for as good as he is, he could not figure it out. Like he was you know, the, the Sam Darnold line, right? Like he was seeing ghosts. Like he just, he couldn't figure it out, but then he plays some upperclassmen and yeah, BYU gets torched. They absolutely get torched. And so I, it scares me, right? Bohannon scares me because of that. Timmy McLean. uh, I don't think he was reading defenses super well. He was just making plays. He was just an absolute stud of a playmaker. And I can agree with you on that one. Yep. Yeah. That kept USF in the game. Uh, Bohannon's the kind of guy though, that's going to just, dissect the defense and and take it take what he's given like he's not a guy who has to throw the ball deep every time he'll take he'll, t- he'll dink and dunk down the field whatever and uh byu will always give something up and bohannon's the kind of guy that will take whatever byu gives and that could mean it's a long day for that defense trick it the one of the most in, in, intriguing quotes to me about his about his long quote about byu today was was uh necessarily about the pressure that that the BYU can bring he said quote they will press you by by moving the pocket backwards because they're so big but they do a good job of not letting you get the ball out quick either because they'll flood you underneath the zone and even if it's man coverage they'll have a guy hanging out there in the flats just so you can't throw it out there he was very adamant about the challenge that that defense brings said they have to be on our p's and q's it's not conventional and it's very few and far between that they give something up. And that's just, you know, whether we talk about giving stuff up in the con- conventional se- sense of, you know, giving up a long pass play or a long run or an explosive play. That's also in 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 free penalty yards and, and offsides yeah. and, you know, pass interferences. BYU is a very – everybody talks about it around the country how disciplined BYU is and how important it's going to be for USF to, to, to earn every single yard that they can get. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's BYU's whole philosophy. And it's, it's death by a thousand paper cuts. If you get a quarterback who can do it, but if an offense is willing to, if an offense is willing and capable to execute for three or four yards of play, that will be there every play, but that's tough to do for most college quarterbacks, right? Most college offenses, eventually a team generally makes a mistake. Uh, But, you know, experienced quarterbacks and and experienced teams don't make mistakes as often. And so that's, what's, that's, what's scary about this matchup. This is why I say, yeah, I would much rather play Stanford who lost half their team and is, you know, breaking in a sophomore quarterback than I would Bohannon who's been around a while has seen BYU and, and a USF offense that returns the world. That's a scary matchup for this defense. And something that could be scary on the offensive side of the ball that we have yet to, to, to really hear much on could be the absence of Gunnar Romney and Puka Nakawa. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if I pronounce Puka's name, right. Uh, last name, right. Um, you know, obviously the, the Cougars had Neil Pau last year who, who torched USF uh, as well, but, but the combination of Nakua and Romney, you know, each had a hundred yards in that game last year in Provo. Um, right. 
obviously BYU uses the the tight end spot very well, very well. You didn't necessarily see it a ton in last year's game, but Isaac Rex is a very good pass catcher. Um, Mason, Mason Wake, I think, caught a pass in that game as well, and, and, and I'm sure could be used out of the backfield as a traditional fullback. Mm-hmm. You know, what uh, Bob Shoup said today that, that you know, the storyline in BYU camp is, has been some of the emergence of, of the younger wide receivers. Who could step up if Romney and or Nakua are out? Yeah, so a couple of guys. Uh, Keanu Hill has has been around. He was kind of the, you know, last year, Neil Pau was there, Gunnar and Puka, like those guys were the top three and nobody would have ever questioned. And then there was another Nakua, Samson Nakua, Puka's older brother was there. Those were your top four guys and they were on the field most of the time. If there was ever a fifth guy, it was Keanu Hill. And he was really productive when he played. Uh, he just didn't get many opportunities be- behind those four guys who were who were studs. Um, so he, he'll be there and he'll be in the mix. The another guy is Braden Cosper and, and Braden Cosper is interesting because if you look up his stats, I, I don't know if he's ever even played a game. He's been hurt so much, but when Braden Cosper came to BYU, he came to BYU at the same time as Dax Milne and Dax Milne, uh, is now playing with the commanders. You know, yep. he was drafted yep. a couple of years ago. Uh, he's a stud. He's an absolute stud. Braden Cosper played on the same high school team as Dax Milne. Okay. BYU elected to give Cosper a scholarship and, and, and Milne was a walk-on. Okay. Uh, Cosper was, was more highly regarded as a recruit. And even once he got to BYU, every year that he's been there, the buzz has been that Braden Cosper's the truth. Like he's going to be really good. And then he would break his arm like a week before the season started mm. or like break his leg, like weird freak plays. Like not like, you know, he's injury prone and he's tearing his ACL. It was like, Oh yeah, he got hit where it broke his leg, so he's out for the year. Like that sucks, right? Uh, he's healthy now, and so he's kind of a newcomer, I guess. Like he's like I said, I don't know if he's ever even played in a game yet. Uh, but everybody for the last three or four years since he came out of high school has said, up until these injuries, Braden Cosper, Braden Cosper, Braden Cosper. So he's a guy that that I think we'll see a lot of time this Saturday. And then the last one is Chase Roberts. Um, he was a he almost a four star. I think he was an 88 or an 89 on 24 seven uh, out of American Fork High School. Local kid that he he had offers from BYU and Utah. USC entertained him. Most most schools, uh, it's interesting with like missions, right? Most schools will wait for a quarterback. They'll wait around for linemen. They don't want to wait around for skill positions. And he was a wide receiver who wanted to go on a mission. So uh, they most schools didn't even recruit him. BYU and Utah were willing to wait. He chose BYU. Now he's back. He's been back for a year now, so he's he's back in football shape, and uh, he looks really good. He'll he'll make some plays as well. Chris Brooks, uh, quick. I know I got to let you go here here in a few minutes, but I uh, wanted to touch on Chris Brooks, and then I wanted to touch on Jaron Hall. Um, Chris Brooks comes in to 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 replace uh, Tyler Algier, who had a terrific career, terrific final season at BYU. I believe got drafted mm-hmm. if memory serves. Okay. Yeah. What is, what is Chris, to the Falcons? Okay. So he's with Desmond Ritter from Cincinnati. Okay. Okay. Uh-huh. What is, what is Chris Brooks bringing to the table? Six, one, two, 30. Jeff Scott talked about it a little bit on, uh, on Tuesday. Yeah. A lot of the same things that Algier brought, right? Like, I don't know if he's going to be Algier. BYU fans haven't been able to see him either uh, outside of, you know, practice clips and a few little things like that. 
but a lot of that same style, big physical runner, like generally going to break a tackle or two just about on every play. Like you're going to have to herd tackle a guy like him. I mean, you look at, you look at Chris Brooks and uh, he's, he's the first guy you want off the bus. He's huge. He's intimidating. He is, he's imposing. So that's, that's the idea. I think he's, I think he's a little bit quicker than Algier. I don't think his top end speed is as fast as Algiers. Uh, but, but that's the name of the game with him is going to be, Hey, just run people over. And that's what he tries to do. So he'll be fun to watch. Um, the BYU camp has talked a lot about miles Davis. Okay. Uh, and and he, he's a, a running back. I guess he's a converted wide receiver out of Las Vegas. And uh, they say he plays the game with a different speed. And, and and we do some stuff with players, right? So you get coach speak and coach speak is what it is. Right. But I've had players in, in totally off the record conversations that have been like, well, this guy, when he touches the ball, it's different. And that's, that's what everybody has said is like, they almost are like taken aback of like, well, it, it's different when he gets the ball. Yeah. You fans haven't seen much of him either. So the running game is kind of a mystery, but there's a lot of optimism coming out of Provo about those two guys. And Jaron Hall, of course, is, is, uh, going to actually play against USF this year after the game time decision of us speculating all week long. If uh, I don't even think the staff knew, um, right. I think Jeff Scott pointed that out was, he didn't even know if, if Jaron was going to be able to go. Um, you got a, you know, a, a nearly a full year of, of Jaron as a, as a starting quarterback, definitely a full year. If you include some of his 2019 starts, um, mm-hmm. a full 12 games. What's, uh, you know, what's, what's the next step with, with, with Jaron Hall? He's, he's really good. I mean, he's really good. Uh, BYU knows quarterbacks, right? Like that's the one thing sure. that a BYU fan can, can hang their hat on is whether it's Zach Wilson or Steve Young or, you know, John Beck, Ty Detmer went in a high, I mean, they, for 35 years, BYU has had really good quarterback play. Uh, if Jared could stay healthy, that's his biggest question mark is can he stay healthy? If he stays healthy for 12, 13 games this year, his single season stats at the end of the year will be right there with, with some of the best who have ever come through BYU. He's, he's, he's elite with his legs, uh, but he's a throw first quarterback. He wants to, he wants to throw for 4,000 yards. He's capable of running for 2000 yards if he needs to, but he would rather sit in the pocket and throw the ball. Uh, people forget, and people kind of mock me now that I say this now, with you know, looking back with hindsight, the battle in 2019 and then again in 2020 before Jaron got hurt between him and Zach Wilson, it was close. Like it was very, really? very close to the point that in 2019, most people thought it would have been Jaron, but he also played baseball at BYU, so he missed spring ball. And if he would have played spring ball, you talk to people around the program, a lot of people thought he would have won that job in 2019. Uh, so, you know, Zach Wilson, we'll see what he does with the Jets, but we know what he did at BYU. <laughs> yes. And, I mean, that's that's Jaron Hall's potential. He's older. I mean, he plays the, the, the position differently, but he has the ability to be that good. Um, he's fun to watch. Just as a – just as a football fan, I mean, it's tough for USF fans. I know on this Saturday because you don't want to see the opposing quarterback do anything. But after this Saturday, Jaron Hall is the kind of guy that you just want to watch. Like he's just a fun football player to watch. And uh, he, he's good. You think he comes into Saturday with a little bit 
of an extra chip on his shoulder after the last time that he was at Raymond James Stadium? Um, I yeah, you know, I, I haven't really thought much about it because he did. He left it the end of the game after that concussion. Towards the end of the game. Yep. Fourth yep. quarter. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so yeah, I'm sure there is. I mean, I'm sure that he he would have liked to finish that game. I mean, that was tight. It came down to, if I remember right, Baylor Romney threw a pass in the end zone and USF broke it up, or it was you know over the receiver's head or whatever it was. Sounds I'm sure right. Jaron watches that that film and thinks to himself, hey, you know, if I had been in the game, we could have we could have made that play. Um, so yeah, I'm sure I'm sure that he wants to get back. And he, you know, now that you mention it, uh, BYU they're wearing the same uniform combination. And I thought that that was like me. I'm a uniform hex guy. Like that feels like you're you're messing with the football gods a little bit there. Uh, but that that maybe feels like Jaron saying like, no, guys, like there are no football gods. We got this. <laughs> All right. So so same uniform. Are the stars? Are you starting to see the stars align of this upset that I've been just beaming <laughs> to you for the last what you have for a year? <laughs> <laughs> you, you have. Uh, look, I, I was at a casino last night and, uh, yeah, I, I put my money on USF plus 12. I, uh, okay. I, look I think, you. I think BYU still wins the game, Okay, but I think this is close. I, I mean, I think it's a, I think it's a touchdown game. I, I think that it's kind of like last year, right? Like it was a one score game. USF could have won, you know, could have made, make a few plays in the fourth quarter. And that's a very different game. But also it's kind of a game that like BYU was leading the whole time, but it was one or two plays away from like, oh, this game's different, right? And I to me, that's how I see this one playing out. And those one or two plays can go either way. If if that, that ball bounces one way or the other, it, it could be an upset at the end. I, I think that BYU is the better team right now, but I think that USF has the athletes to beat BYU. I think USF has the quarterback to beat BYU. I guess the way to put it is a lot more has to go right for USF in order to win. BYU can, doesn't have to have play perfect in order to win, but if USF plays perfect and all of that goes right, they're absolutely good enough to beat BYU. Jeff Hansen, TikTok extraordinaire, TikToks that make Addison Ray jealous. (laughs) Cougar sports insider publisher. Thank you so much for coming on and uh, believing in drinking the Kool-Aid of the USF Bulls against BYU. (laughs) I'm hyping you up too, man. No, appreciate you, Will. Uh, One of the best in the business. USF fans are lucky. Uh, Looking forward to this week, man. It's going to be fun. I appreciate it. You you will be, uh, your your soul will be in spirit with us in Tampa in the press box at Raymond James. I'll eat an extra burger for you. Appreciate it. Always, always a grand time talking to Jeff. Uh, again, like I said, one of my one of my favorite people on the network. I mean, I bought shirts with the guy's face on it. I mean, he's he's one of my favorite guys to 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 talk to on the network, and uh, one of the one of the best parts for me about this little BYU USF uh, series is has been getting to know him and and getting to know the guys around CSI. Um, between him, partner Garrett McClintock, who's who, a writer over there, and um, uh, Jake Welsh, who is, uh, a, a, of course, a writer over there as well. Make sure to follow Jeff on Twitter at R-A-K-O-T-O-10 on Twitter uh, for all the latest BYU coverage. Make sure to double-check, of course, Cougar Sports Insider 
their site feed is at BYU 24-7. So you can double check all of the latest um, and, and all the latest stuff that's going around the BYU Cougars as, as, as the season uh, progresses. As we talked about, they have a very, very uh, tough schedule. Also, make sure to go check out, if you're interested in, in, in any more uh, BYU content, I, I highly, um, I genuinely, genuinely, genuinely um, would urge you to check out their terrific podcast between uh, Jeff and Garrett, um, the Give em Hell Brigham podcast. Um, they do a terrific job. Um, they, I, it's a freemium uh, newsletter and a podcast. They've got their own uh, Discord server. Uh, they're on Apple Podcasts as well. Um, they do such a, a terrific job um, covering BYU um, as they do. Um, they also do a terrific job um, with their merch. Um, I mean, they, 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 they have NIL opportunities for, for they, they present NIL opportunities for BYU student-athletes. They've helped with, I believe they've helped with walk-ons. They've got a, 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 a show with, with Logan Fano, who is um, a, a current BYU player. Uh, they do a, a, the Logan Fano show, I believe is, is what it's called. So if you want that you know, type of content, they do that with, with current players kind of gave me an inspiration about wanting to do some stuff with some, with some USF, um, players. But I mean, they do just a terrific job over there at give them help, Brigham. I definitely encourage you to, uh, check that one out. Um, I mean, one of the best podcasts around one of the best causes around for what they do with with BYU so make sure to check that out they're on Twitter at give them hell pod that's g-i-v-e e-m not them e-m hell pod on Twitter uh, make sure to check that out like I said they do such a terrific uh, job with that so with that that's going to wrap up this edition of the Fletcher and Fowler podcast here as USF and BYU are on this crash course to meet on Saturday at September uh, 3rd to kick off the 2022 season. It will be a fun ride. Um, I'll be here through it all, breaking it down. Um, we will have one more podcast this week. Um, I teased it a little bit at the end of the last podcast. Uh, schedules didn't work out, but they finally have worked out. I believe we've got something on Friday that we're going to record to have out on Saturday morning. Got my special guest um, to announce a little bit of a partnership. Very, very excited to to kind of see that all manifest. And I'll have more information for you on that as it's going to be, like I said, a little bit more of a general podcast around the American Athletic Conference, kind of preview the season, um, which starts Thursday as UCF and South Carolina State uh, get going at FBC Mortgage Stadium at the Bounce, at the bounce House. Um, so that'll be uh, the start of American Athletic Conference play, but we'll, we'll talk a little bit about kind of where we see the conference and talk a little bit maybe about some, oh, I don't know, betting plays or something like that, you know, maybe try and help you win a little bit of money um, with the week one of college football on the way. So again, that'll be, uh, we're going to record that Friday. Um, that should be up um, in your in your uh, podcast sub boxes. Uh, bright and early on Saturday morning. So make sure to check that content out because it will be good. Um, 
we'll definitely uh, do our best to get a uh, quick, um, maybe 15, 20-minute podcast up uh, Sunday, if not Sunday, Monday, to, 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 re- to review um, BYU and USF. Um, so stay tuned for that as well. Of course, we'll have all the latest coverage surrounding that game and every game this season at Bulls247.com. Make sure to check out that as well as all of the media availabilities that's gone on this week as the Bulls take on the Cougars in just a few days. Again, I was your host, Will Turner. Thanks for tuning in. Make sure to check us out on all four of the major podcast distributors as we continue to grow this podcast throughout the USF space, and we'll catch you very, very soon. Thanks, everybody, for listening. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not.